Hey everyone, it's Amber Love and you're listening to a special recording of Vodka O'Clock. What you are going to hear today uh, is a recording of the panel I did at the Burlington County Library System's first Fan Fest. It was so much fun. It was held on August 6th. So um, I I got to be a speaker, and that's not something I get to do often. I really enjoy doing it. I love being on panels and things like that. And this was an opportunity for me to actually run the room all by myself. So what it uh, it was, uh, it, it they had fans from every different kind of thing. There was there there was like a Pokemon activity set up. There was a few different Harry Potter things going on. There was cosplay. And um, there was a toy expert there, a few comic book people, uh, Roman, you know, that that had tables and were, you know, roaming around doing things too. So uh, it was a very cool event, and it was a very huge, busy library in Westhampton, New Jersey. It was probably the largest library I've ever seen, to be perfectly honest. There was a cafe in the lobby. The lobby was so huge. So um, that's where we had tables set up for like the 501st and, and cosplay groups had tables and then I had a table there. But there was the, the cafe was still there. It was just so spacious and a wonderful venue. I didn't even get to really see the rooms where the books were. I just looked through the doors to see, um, you know, kind of take a peek. And it just was very impressive. So I got there, got to, you know, run into my friend who's one of the librarians and he helped me, you know, figure out how to get set up and where to be and what rooms things uh, were going to be happening in. It was already busy and crowded by that point. So the reason that I was there and the reason that um, I was asked to speak was to talk about LGBTQ characters and being a creator that falls into that. So as uh, what I normally do is I usually just use the blanket term queer because I just think it's easy and it's inclusive. It covers everybody, including the trans community, it covers the asexual community. So um, when I give any kind of lecture or panel or something like that, I will usually use queer as my um, word of choice for, for covering the entire group of, of people in, in these marginalized groups. Because there, it's obviously a very, uh, you know, if you uh, filter down, it's a very diverse group. There's still bigotry within the queer community. So um, we didn't get really into that. I tried to keep it as lighthearted as I could. The Most of the audience members were teenagers. So um, when I talked to them individually, you know, I had asked them when they came up to my tables, um, I had asked them, you know, like what grade they were in and stuff like that. It seemed like they were mostly seniors in high school or about to become seniors. And there were a couple of adults in the room too. So with that in mind, I tried to figure out how to tailor what I wanted to, to talk about. At the same time, you know, it's like, okay, I don't want to get any hate mail from parents or the library itself saying why was I talking about sexual things, but, um, you know, that's well, that's what I was there. I was talking about, you know, sexual orientation. So um, I wasn't there to necessarily educate them in that way, but hopefully provide a comforting space for everybody to 
talk about that in in the setting of fictional characters and why it's important why we need to see fictional characters as representation because it does give people a safety zone and they can see that reflective um, you know the quality of seeing themselves in characters so i talked about things like harley and poison ivy and catwoman and then why we do fan fiction on characters that are not labeled as queer like bucky from uh, you know bucky the winter soldier from captain america or nightwing so it was really fun and then what i actually wanted to do for most of the conversation was not have it just be me talking to them because that seemed like it would be too much of a lecture and too possibly too boring for them to just you know sit there when there's fun going on outside and costume contests outside the door um i figured it would be better to get them as interactive as possible so what i did was ask them hey let's create a character let's create a hero let's create a villain and a plot and what would you do if you were in charge so that's what we did so the recording that you're going to hear is about 15 minutes of me talking and just uh, talking in general about who I am and then about a little bit of the, about the marketplace and how it's changed and how you can find usually more inclusion in indie arenas like indie comics and then from about you know 15 16 minutes um, on is this really dynamic interaction where the whole group got to participate and even at the end a couple of the kids came up and wanted to try their hand at drawing the characters that they invented so I thought that was a whole lot of fun so that's what you're going to hear it's a very unusual episode of Vodka O'Clock but I you know I appreciated the opportunity to speak there so much so I still wanted to share it with you and um you know thank them you know thank the library for having me thank the kids for showing up and, uh, you know, let everybody know that, hey, if you're in New Jersey and you want somebody to come speak at your event, you know, look me up. Uh, I'll try to make it. So that's uh, that's what this is about. Thanks for listening. And don't forget that you can sponsor my show and the work and everything that I do at Patreon. You just go to patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked and you can sponsor for as little as a dollar a month. But anything is appreciated there's some five dollar levels different rewards and um of course you can go in and cancel at any time but it really helps and uh, please support indie creators like myself so we got moved at the last minute so thanks for finding the room because um we don't need a projector so that's why, that's why we got moved over here. And, uh, so come on in. So I hope everybody's having a good day at FanFest, because this is the first time I've been to this library. It is amazing. I've never been to a library like this, where there's a cafe, and it's just massive, and there's different classrooms, and it's so cool. So who am I? I'm Amber Love, and I write. And um, the kinds of things that I write are comic books, and I have my first mystery novel out, but I've written a small memoir, too. So um, my stuff ranges anywhere from teen to really mature. So it depends on uh, who the audience is, 
there's probably different stories that are different groups. So these are two of the comics where I have stories. This one is actually out of print. It's called Shelter. And what this was was um, a group of friends. We got together. We wanted to make a comic to donate the proceeds to charity. So that's what we did. And my short story in here, this is pretty much an all-ages kind of thing. Like, so my story in here is about junior high kids that need to solve a case that's you know, from their school. This was a really great project. It's called Comics Against Bullying, Rise Comics Against Bullying, and this is issue two. And I have a story in here. This is more of a tour theme, sort of like teen plus, like higher teen maybe. Um, basically, although based on what people watch on TV, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, if your 10-year-old is watching Arrow and Gotham, then uh, they can probably get through this without a problem. But uh, Comics Against Bullying was uh, a fun project because everybody's stories are so different because there are so many different reasons that people get either picked on or thrown out of their house and whatever. So there are a lot of uh, LGBT themes in here because not only do kids pick on each other, but adults don't tolerate each other. And sometimes what happens is teenagers get thrown out of their houses and become homeless. That's where groups like the Trevor Project come in. So all of the proceeds from this went to a few different charities, including Stanford Asylum, and it's published by Northwest Press, which is a, a you know, gay, primarily gay LGBT-themed publisher. And if you go to some of the bigger conventions, like FlameCon, which is an all-gay convention, um, or New York Comic Con, things like that, usually Northwest will have a booth somewhere. So, um, it's a, so this is just one issue, but they have four issues out. And when we talk about, I use the word queer. I don't know if anybody's language has any sort of like uh, take offense to certain things. I say queer is sort of a big blanket term because otherwise we end up with acronyms like this. <laughs> and they just keep getting bigger and longer and we keep adding letters and it's really hard to keep track of. Um, first of all, I mean, we usually say LGBT and stop there. And then we find that that really upsets people for leaving out the asexual community. And that really blows, because you don't want to leave people out. And you also don't want to leave out the intersex community, which if you, um, you, probably, you know, we're all like products of the media that we consume. You probably think that intersex is this really rare thing. It's actually not, but because it's not something people talk about after a gender assignment has been given, those people kind of keep that secret for their entire lives. So um, there are some good articles that you Google about that and how much more common it is than people talk about. And there's a lot more transgender people in our population than people think. And it's not because, poof, Caitlyn Jenner came out and now there's transgender people, like the magic fairy went around and like made them all trans. It's just that it's safer to come out now. And uh, so then you, you probably know them more common ones, like, you know, bisexual and gay and lesbian. And it's really hard as a bisexual person, which is why I'm here, as a bi creator, um, because when I'm dating a man, I'm just, the rest of my personality and my life gets ignored and you get labeled as straight. And um, so it's the same thing with, unfortunately, with people who are you know, fall into the asexual category. That doesn't mean they're never going to date. 
they date plenty and they date fine. It's just that they are going to have different needs and different, uh, uh, you know, things that require um, how to how to get, get to know somebody. It's all about, you know, same thing with dating anybody. People, you know, if you're dating somebody in a wheelchair, it's not the same as date somebody who can, you know, hike mountains. So. Um, it's just a matter of people becoming more aware and learning their way around and learning what your partner needs. So, the reason that we make comics and characters and TV shows now, if the networks allow you and the publishers allow you, is because uh, it wasn't there before and you felt like a freak and a weirdo and you were pretty sure that there was nobody else like you in the world and you're all like so young and adorable and um, I'm over 40, so I grew up without the internet. We didn't have social media to beat each other up and call each other names because it was bad enough in person. And um, now we have these big franchises in, in comics, like Marvel Comics and DC Comics. I work in indie comics. So, you know, that's what these are. It's like my friends and I get together, we have an idea, and we, you know, we make stuff. And it takes years and years to come out because we have no money, because there's no money in comics. I'll tell you that right now. Great career, but um, most of my friends have big jobs, and they're usually like sucky day jobs. If you're an artist, it's way better because at least you can go into something kind of arty, like graphic arts. So you'll be making corporate logos that are boring as hell, but pay you very well, and you can have health insurance. So <laughs> as a writer, you're kind of like, well, whatever, I'm just going to be poor. Um, yeah. So uh, with DC and Marvel, though, those are probably the characters that you're familiar with. There's Captain America back there. You got Flash up here. And Harry Potter's roaming around and stuff like that. So um, what people had to do before was we had you know had to make fan fiction, and we had to say that you know Bucky is really just <laughs> you know a dreamy gay guy because that's what we all want. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that hair is amazing. <laughs> and, you know, same thing with Nightwing. You know, like, there are more pictures of Nightwing's butt on the internet than Nightwing's face. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, and we had to do this as fans. So now at least the publishers, it's not that the creators were necessarily reluctant, but the publishers and the networks wouldn't let you do stuff like this. And then, um, I don't know if you guys, well, my Star Wars partners over here, um, but Star Wars is like this way bigger universe than, you know, I really knew. I mean, I grew up with the movies. And then there became cartoons, and there were comics, and then there were comics by a different company, and now there's, you know, there's been novels. Um, so the newer novels are written by Chuck Wendig, who I know, because he's just a, you know, lives about an hour from me. And <laughs> as a writer, Chuck has gotten death threats because he made a character gay in the Star Wars universe. Um, if you're all here, then that means that you're probably like really cool and open-minded. But there are people out there who have nothing better to do but to send death threats to writers. I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what possesses anybody to do this. So Chuck is adorable and patient, and <laughs> he shares his one-star reviews because they're really funny to read about how he ruined Star Wars. So. Um, and apparently it's not even like a big romance storyline or anything. It's like it's literally something that's just mentioned in the world. So this is what we went through and how we've evolved to, the, to get to the point where we're at 
And now in comics, some of the mainstream companies like Marvel and DC will be like, okay, well, you want some gay characters and queer characters, all right. Well, here's the deal. We'll give them to you, but they're not going to be a headliner. Wonder Woman, who is bisexual, because there are a couple of writers that have snuck in some things here and there over the last 75 years, um, they'll never actually say that. Like, DC will never come out and say that. Um, but Wonder Woman is their leading female character. And probably a lot of people who thought Batman was pedophile back in the day. It was called the Comics Code Authority. That was when uh, they introduced Robin. And people thought, like, who is this creepy weirdo wearing this mask, getting this little kid to come around with him? So that's when some obviously started to get out of control, where people assumed anybody who was gay was also a pedophile. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, how do we solve this problem as our image for DC Comics? They created, you know, girl characters for Batman to hang around with, like Batgirl and Batwoman and Catwoman. <laughs> and that's why. They were specifically created to be sexual props for Batman, so that he didn't look so bad. Not Batgirl. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Batgirl, well, I mean, you know, the 66 TV show. And, uh, but then, more recently, we get all of these reboots because people get bored and they don't know how to else to make money but to sell another issue with Papa number one on it because number one sell higher than any other issue. So DC's rebooted like, I don't know, five times in the last five years. And uh, so one of the times they, they took a gamble and they made Batwoman as her own solo series and they made her gay. And it was one of the greatest books they ever put out. First of all, the artwork was stunning. Um, it was J.H. Williams, who was just breathtaking art. And they gave her a good relationship, they gave her an amazing backstory, and they just rebooted her again and changed it. <laughs> so she's no longer with her partner, Maggie Sawyer. She's still okay. Yes. Um, but she's not leading in her own solo series anymore. That, of course, got canceled. So now she's one of the Bat characters in the Detective Comics books. And Detective is amazing. It's one of the oldest titles. So at least with Batwoman, people were asking where the heck is she because some people just come to the comic store on Wednesdays and they pick out the books. Most people kind of put in all this research into it and they look to see when the books are coming out like three to six months in advance because you have to pre-order. Um, with stuff like DC and Marvel, it's not as important to pre-order, but um, with indie books, you definitely have to, otherwise your shop might not get them. And now there's digital, so it's like way easier to go to Comixology and just like through download and get a book. So people were asking during, you know, DC announcing, hey, we're doing this rebirth thing, here's our titles and here's our books, and it was like all male creators, <laughs> and like, you know, they had like, I think one token female creator listed. And like all of these characters are like, okay, so what did you do with Batwoman? You know, and you're rebirth, you know, it's calling rebirth, you're rebooting them. How are you changing them? You're gonna have any queer characters this time around. So I can understand as a corporation <laughs> that they're kinda like, be patient, we have a plan. We have a plan, you have a plan, and stuff's gonna roll out and it's gonna take time. But fans get really rabid. And they don't want to hear that. And they want to know what the schedule is. And they want to know what the plan is. They want to know if, you know, is 
freaking Harley gonna go back to the Joker? Because like so far, I've seen one person on Twitter that says that they want that. <sighs> Dear God, why that stupid movie was ever made? 175 million dollars that could have I don't know fed children or something. Um, so Harley has phenomenally become you know this prop for the Joker from the 1990s cartoon. Uh, she's not only a queer character, but she's bisexual and she's polyamorous. And so she's still partnered with Poison Ivy, which is amazing because you have these two characters who are really reliant on their sex appeal, and they put them together. And that is a huge gamble for DC. But because of how they're drawn, it's like, okay, you made these two female characters in love with each other and polyamorous, and you still draw them a certain way, and you still like that stupid costume that they put her in in that movie. Could her shorts be any higher? Um, it's still done for what we say the male gaze. It's like these are two women who are in love with each other, but you're drawing it like lesbian porn, which perfectly frankly has nothing to do with women. Um, if you put women in charge of porn, which you know, they'll have it'll look different. And so that was the thing. It's like okay. Well, they're comic book characters, they're drawn beautifully. So that's when you start looking at indie comics and you start finding things where people are drawn a bit more realistic. Like Terry Moore is an amazing creator, and I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he has this career that he's had drawing women who look real, making, you know, gay, straight, you know, all kinds of different characters. And he, he's like really strong with making sure that his, his leading characters are women. And they're not perfect. They're not, you know, their boobs aren't drawn like a circle template. You know, they're like his, his drawings are amazing. So he's had Strangers in Paradise and Rachel Rising to finish. And that's when it's really hard to sort of gender blame. Like Terry Moore's a man. He's a white man. And yet he's done this amazing work for the, for the queer community. Other times it's really, really obvious when it's a straight man drawing these women. Um, Catwoman is another one. Catwoman is just cat burglar, you know. She also was put um, in charge of like a mafia family for a while. And Catwoman is about being sexy, sort of like Black Cat or Marvel. Well, they finally made Catwoman bisexual too. So this is the thing when it comes to bisexual characters is they tend to be women because men think that's hot. Because <laughs> it's just still part of the fantasy and it's still all about men. Um, so there are once in a while you find female characters that are by, and that's pretty cool. And all of these fandoms, like I said, they still have to do the slash fiction and fan fiction and stuff because they still aren't finding everything represented. It's like, okay, well, what about the Asian characters? And, you know, what, what about the Native American characters? Like, do they even exist? Half the time, the answer is no. So diversity in comics and in regular TV shows, movies, and stuff is always a big issue. And what I thought would be fun was if we decided as you know a collective group here, let's just come up with our own character. What would you guys do if you were in charge of a character? You were studio executives and creators, and you wanted to make something. So I don't know, does anybody in this room, am I really dating myself? 
play something like D and and I know some of the video games do this too because I used to play City of Heroes and we had character builds there and that was a lot of fun. You couldn't pick partners though or anything like that. I guess you just named it in your bio. But D&D came out with their first transgender character as far as I know like a year ago. And I can't remember what it's, you know, monster class anymore. So, I mean, that's been around for, I don't know, how many decades? And they just got around to doing that. So, all right. Who, uh, we have all those letters. By the way, A does not stand for ally. It stands for asexual. But, it, you know, allies are always welcome. Um, so if you were going to make a character and you were starting with a gender, would you say male, female, would you say non-binary? You know, I don't even think my parents know what non-binary means. Um, lucky I haven't been thrown out of my house. So, <laughs> um, so if you were going to make a character, just you know, like shout out, what would you want to make? Gender fluid. Gender fluid. Awesome. Pardon my handwriting. Okay. So. <laughs> so if we're talking about gender fluid, then that's a person who doesn't strictly feel that they're male or female and they might go between. I've seen some recent stories about an actress named Ruby Rose, who's like so hot and ridiculous. Um, she actually looks like the way Catwoman was rebooted with the short hair and everything. Because um, Catwoman was blonde in the cartoon. So, alright, so gender fluid. That's gender identity, which is different than orientation. So let's talk about orientation, who you're attracted to, you know, and stuff like that. So what would you want your gender fluid character to be as far as orientation goes? Yeah, you know, you can still do gay like gay men or lesbian or queer, we can just queer, you know, blanket, you know, blanket term or asexual. And aromantic is one of those things too, I have to learn. Um, and sapiosexual. <laughs> sapiosexual is like, well, you're attracted to people, but they have to really, you have to really respect their brain. And I don't know if that like was just invented for some specific reason or not, but I think of Sherlock Holmes. Um, so, <laughs> like Sherlock might go, you know, have a good time with who he finds in the bar, but on the other hand, that's not our relationship to him. <laughs> so, does anyone have an orientation preference that they want? Pansexual? Pan is awesome. So the reason that we say pan, even though it sort of has like a masculine tone to it from the old character, um, forms and hooves and whatnot, uh, is to include everybody. Because um, when we say bisexual, it's still very binary and that feels like people are left out. It doesn't mean that it's an incorrect term because you might be bisexual and still only identify genders as male and female and not include trans people in what you're attracted to. So that's why pan has its own category. It's not exactly the same thing. Okay, so uh, how about ages? Because, I mean, people are kind of, I don't know. We've got mostly a young crowd here. So should we say like, 34. 34. All right, and how about an occupation? Are we talking something modern, or are we talking like a blacksmith from the days of York? 
not superhero comic related. You know, they had, of course, the, the adorable gay guy who was filthy rich working in the office. And yeah. he was one of the best characters, though. I like how Daredevil. Like, do, you watch, do you watch the Netflix series? I watched a little bit of it. Wait, it's really I'm sorry, good. I couldn't switch my shows. It was Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The gay exec. Like, she, she scared me. She struck fear into my heart. The gay business exec who was, like, leaving yeah. her. Yeah. She was, uh, yeah, played by uh, Trinity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she was fierce, yeah. and and you didn't have to like her, and yeah, that was the thing. Like, it was just really nice, like casual yeah, representation, and like the gay character didn't have to be the likable character to kind of like. Well, that yeah, that's exactly the thing. It's like, well, um, if you guys, I don't know, if you, if you don't read comics, you might not know how we refer to fridging, yeah. which refer to women in refrigerators, and it was that you know certain female characters were created solely to make the male character have something to do. So it was his motivation. They called it women in refrigerators because literally one of the female characters was created in order to be killed and stuffed in a refrigerator. And that gave him motivation. You know, like here after many motivation to do something heroic. So we started casually using fridging for everything that was kind of a stupid plot for that. So are you aware of the disaster that is Team Wolf? No. I mean, uh, the new show you mean, or the old? It's been on since like 2010. Well, she means like the new show, that like not like the old. Yeah, the new yeah. show. The newer show. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's, it's yeah. Half a, if you ever have time to crack open, I can't. Half the time. No, it's a waste of time. It's a time. Yes, it's a good example to have for the. I'll make you angry. But that was like, another show that I don't watch that I saw made the news was Pretty Little Liars because they had killed more queer characters than apparently exists in the rest of television. Yep. So, I She's mean, watch with She's caution. 11. So we call that fridging. <laughs> so we want to keep our characters alive, and when you give them superpowers like this, it's a real good way to keep them alive. Um, so let's see. Is our werewolf going to have weaknesses like other werewolves since he's a GMO werewolf? It could be hemlock. Hemlock? Yeah, you know, like the plant that was supposed to be like toxic to them back in the day, but no, it could be like, I don't know, it could be like a spice or something. I have a story that involves a sort of werewolf character that they are borderline, you know, the raw pumpkin pie, and it contains magic because it's a large army of magical people bled into it, so the rock is magic. Oh, okay. It's in the German mountains. Okay. So, backstory. Backstory. You want the backstory? That's stuff that you don't put on page one. You have that come out in your plot. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, Arrow got a little too carried away with that and drove everybody crazy. Uh, There's only so many times we need to see him in that bad way. Uh, so it would be some kind of, like, rare gem on rock. Like, not just silver. That is his weakness. Yeah. Like, 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 kryptonite? Like, kryptonite, but blood. Like, so right in red. What would be, like, a bloodstone or something? So, so I guess, do our vampires own this rock? Yeah, yeah have the rock. Ooh, okay. his um, the past um, lover has it. So, like right. So they have. There actually is a oh, stone called bloodstone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Asian. 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 Yep. 
You guys are making a really sexy character. <laughs> With red, with red hair. With red hair. With red hair. <laughs> I don't know if they would pass the FBI dress code back then. That's true. The best friend could be an adorable ginger. Yeah. 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 All right. So, since they excel at finding missing persons and whatnot, um, if our evil Russian vamp- uh, vampires get within the U.S. borders, how close do they need to be then for our world to track them down? Or no? I'd say like on like once they come ashore, you can kind of like sense them because they're supposed to be more. Okay. They're disturbing. Yes. So like. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Let's see. How close? In 1975, the Russians might have gone to, I don't know, Cuba. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, that was a scandal. You could 90 miles? You could say it's like, um, what's that called? Not a perimeter, like, altitude. Like, what are those? Um, latitude and longitude? No, like, hmm, I don't know. Coordinates. Like, you can play around with number seven. Like, how they'd have to be, like, 70 something miles per class. Like, like, where Cuba is. Like, okay. It's on, you know? <laughs> No, because seven's like a So we're gonna have okay, so now we need to so now we're working on the plot. So yeah, okay, we don't have names for them yet, so keep thinking about that because we're gonna need some names. So when we talk about when we talk about making stories, we have theme and we have plot, and those are two different things. Theme is like a big overall um, identity of your story. Like it's gonna be about corporate greed, it's gonna be about government conspiracy. It's gonna be about the like how we the demonization of foreigners and how like the U.S. is afraid of immigration. Actually, it's not, we can't just blame the U.S. because if you've been watching the yeah. European yeah. news, it's pretty horrible. So our theme. Switch colors. Well, certainly our FBI agents. He could have been in a. Well, could have been in a camp. Yeah, I don't know when those stops. Yeah. 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 Well, World War II, so 1945, certainly is parallel. He's 30, he's 34, so back from 75. So, so now we're going to be So he could have been in an internment camp as a kid. Right, like George Takei. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's what made me think of it, of course. <laughs> now we need to get George Takei into Werewolf Makeup. Yeah. I would have zero complaints. Yeah. So, all right, so here's our theme. So we're talking about this fear of, you know. So when we talk about plot, we're talking about really specific things. So story, a story is when a character takes action to meet a goal. So who, this is different than protagonist and villain and antagonist. So if our character is going to be the protagonist, the werewolf, then he's kind of our good guy. But our villain is the Russian vampire. So we need to fill in some blanks. Our character, our werewolf character, needs to do what in order to accomplish what? So now we're talking about um, what's the goal. 
Is it, you know, are the Russians invading and they're trying to stop it? Is he trying to track down a missing person and the Russians get in the way? So there could be, be a chip in the throat of the, of the vampire that kind of like controls all the other vampires to keep them from dying because he was like the original and they're like kind of almost not like clones but their ge- genetics are based upon what he does and then he could kind of have to more to like a win, to when he would have to like literally rip their throat out because okay so are those are the vampires what are they gonna do? how are we involving them in the story are they why are they coming? And getting into Cuba. There's a hybrid, and they they're child to missing child, missing love child. Okay. Oh, what if the government takes the missing love child? Well, yeah. So you know, no, but like out of their control, like they didn't plan it. All right. So our werewolf. So we need to fill. It's kind of like Mad Libs or what is it called? Like Hard Against Humanity. Oh my god. Okay. So our werewolf agents. Okay, you need to do this. Okay, so here we're going to say. Are the Russians just in his way, or is he going to actively like seek the Russians first? Hmm. He, she, they. You should actually seek them. Yeah. Okay. Our werewolf agent. They know where the kid. They know where the person is, but still, each of them only have an Like oh, the most it's... hardcore AU exiles ever. Exactly. Okay. So Malik is abducted. They turn into an alien. They turn into an alien. Oh, and then Crycheck comes back from Russia. It's the vampire. Okay. In order to get to the globe child. But it's become like the most skull in our home. No, it's like it's like the um fighting with Scott Arthur thing where they only have to the mountain. Oh god. Okay. I thought of it. Wait, well, I, mine is Chinese. Mine is cheesy, though. No, yours is terrible. Don't worry. No, 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 no. I like puns. Are we going Chinese or Japanese? Because, like, they're very different. They are. They're 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 I think they're Korean. I think Japanese would have been in the camp and they can do, we can do that thing, but if they're Chinese, we can play off the communists. Well, I don't know. Because I know what Chinese talks about the communists. I think they all need to be Japanese. Basically, Japanese. Okay, yeah. so you have to stick with Japanese. Yeah. I think the name I chose was, I might have been either Japanese or Korean. It's hi, which is H A I. There's so many hello puns. <laughs> <laughs> hi. You know any Japanese names? Fujioka is like a standard last name. Fujioka. Don't judge. Can you spell it? Like F U J I O K. Let's try it. Oh, will you put? So it's F U J I. What was it? Uh, okay. 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 And then um, our Russian translator. Uh, let's see. 
on me really bad. Not gonna lie. I'm not good at faces and my hand is And of course, you know, there's, um, you know, there's probably like family crests. So this is where different artistic people get involved. One of the one of the best comics out there is called Lazarus. And it takes such a big team to make this because there's somebody named Eric whose job it is to do the graphic design inside the world that the comics in. So it's all about different like mafia stuff and class wars. So every time every every family has their own insignia, and then there'll be billboards that that appear and you know tell you to remember to take your meds because we need to keep everybody compliant. So Eric Trotman makes all of that stuff, and he's not the primary artist of the book. That's uh, Michael Lark. So. This is when you're talking about careers in comics and stuff, how many different things there are to do. Um, colorists are very underrated. If anybody uh, wants to you know, get into the art aspect of it, if you go into coloring, you will probably be highly thought out because it's a job that nobody ever does. They just want to draw the pinups. So sequentials are the thing, too. If you want to draw comics, you can't just draw superheroes posing and really make a living at it. You have to be able to draw backgrounds and draw them doing things that tell a story. Because you should be able to read a page without the words, which is why writers are like the lowest one in the zone ball. Um, so. I saw this in a mythology book, so don't quote me on this. Someone's drawing Bob over there. There are different kinds of werewolves too. Now, the the cool thing about um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So if you read the web comic case and games that my friend does, they're inspired like that. So when we talk about superpowers and stuff, it was. Um, a way for like early in the early days of Marvel to talk about things like racism and bigotry without actually talking about racism and bigotry. So we also can use it to talk about disabilities and diversity that way. Um, because Rogue, let's face it, her power yeah. is kind of stuff. Yeah, a little bit. But she's really, really powerful. Um, and then they evolve over you know decades and decades and decades. They become so powerful they need to be nerfed. So. <laughs> Um, you know, you, then you have certain powers where it's like, okay, it's a great power, but it drains you so much, or there's some sort of setback to it that, um, it's like, is it worth it to use this power or not? I think Spawn is an interesting one because you had a limited number of times you could use his powers, and so it's like each one was a countdown, and then you're out. Um, so with our werewolf, though, he's a GMO werewolf, pretty much unstoppable. So they have, if we know that they have this bloodstone weakness, whoops, we've got a marker wrong one. Um, is it going to be like kryptonite, where they have to be in the vicinity of it? Or is it something like uh, they have to ingest it? Um, I think people don't crush it, and then like it has smell. They can crush it. They can weaponize it, like, you know. Like Android? Yeah. Turn it into, oh, wow. you know, little chips of things. That was in a, sort of like an underworld. They had those ultraviolet bullets. Yeah. They figure out how to manufacture and harness 
harness the power. They had a Now, what kind of healing factor do they have? Is it going to be? I just realized I made the person I like. That's a lot of They made Wolverine ridiculous. Yeah, Wolverine's on But Deadpool is a curse. It's different. Yeah. But like, if like, I like Wolverine regenerated from a drop of blood. That's sort of like on bones when they can identify a person from the one tooth they found. Yeah. It's like how it works. There could also be some interesting science though behind it. Like yeah. the, 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 um, with the werewolf hair, when you analyze that, um, when you analyze the werewolf hair, is the same as like you know people DNA. When you're looking at the new root follicle. Or Maybe it's like Rapunzel, like it I think it becomes should, like a different color. It should color. show up, it's just wolf hair. Just shows up as regular animals. So it's like the animals. Really? Because then if like it ever gets you anywhere, like they're getting like a thing where they have to scan it, it wouldn't show up as him, so because that would get rid of its thing, right? Oh, wait. And it would just show up as wolf hair, and they're like, oh, it's just... Well, see, yeah, it depends on how you're going to have, you know, them do their transformation, because in, in Underworld, they got really graphic and gross and like ripped off of yeah. their skin, and it was like, so painful. disgusting. It was, I'm sure it was incredibly painful. And um, actually, and the guy who plays like one of the main werewolves there, Ray, actually makes comments. He's a cool guy. Um, so, and then there's other werewolves where, you know, they don't have that level of a transformation where it's more like it's happening on their skin and on their bones, you know. Um, but I thought the uh, original effects in Underworld were really great. Yeah. Um, now, as for our vampires, uh, is it going to be if they're clones? If we're talking about you know Borg type clones, are they all going to be all transgender vampire army? Wow! No, nah. nah. nah, that's nah. a story. I, don't, I think it should just be. I, like, it should I, be don't, I don't think it should be. I didn't mean like clones. I just meant like they were connected. They're all under, like, they're all connected like a hive. Hive. Okay, so they're all they're all sort of Borg. We're like. in for an army of fun. <laughs> but see, and this is when we, when uh, the you know the origins of transgender characters in comics and video games in particular, a lot of it was done as villainy, and that was one of the things that it's like, okay, this is old and it's a trope. We, you know, they could be more anti-hero in this case. So yeah, like I'm sure they believe in their cause. Yeah. Like, which is why Underworld was so great because you were rooting for the vampires at the beginning. Um. And then you know, then you get to see the second world. Um, so yeah, so that was you know that was a big problem with transgender characters and gay characters. It was their presentation, um, and this is still done today. This is why this immigration and the dehumanizing of other people is a great theme. Uh, people think that they're intentionally out to deceive instead of be themselves, and. That's you know that's a huge problem. Yeah, and most of the time when they do deceive, it's for their own protection. Like, sure. You right. can't. They'll be violently assaulted. Yeah. Just open the get go. Exactly. That's why you know you know a lot of people they go to their day jobs. You know, and it's a certain 
typical presentation, you know, and then they come home and they can hand it to them. Which I guess is what, you know, Caitlyn Jenner went through for, you know, all of her Republican faults. Um. <laughs> <laughs> she's just so, she's still so good to the Yeah, she's not very good for it's, her own community. It doesn't mean like she's, she's a good just, person. She's like, well, it's okay because respect. now that I identify, I still like men, so it's different. And then she'll just completely rip apart, like, guys and lesbians and gays. And it's like, right. And, <laughs> and this was the first time that I ever actually saw, and luckily it was only through Twitter and not something like, you know, in my face, people saying that um, during Pride Parade, which, you know, we had just gone through the Orlando Massacre, which was, you know, one of the Pride events, and there were people in the community that, sorry, had the nerve to say, bisexuals, you need to stay home. Or, if you're with a, what looks like heteronormative yeah, then you partner, don't bring your partner. And I'm like, first of all, like, hell. You know, you're not going to tell me what to do. Um, but second of all, we're supposed to be part of a community, and we're supposed to be fighting for the same rights. Mm -hmm. And if you want me to fight for your marriage rights, then you damn well better fight for me to at least appear in public the way that I want. So, um, so these are the kind of things that we go through when we're talking about building a story and try to avoid fridging and try to avoid tropes. Um, you know, I will admit that my Asian character in this book is a little bit of a trope because I made her an Asian bisexual woman, but I did that for my own nerddom because I have a huge crush on John Cho, um, which starring John Cho as a hashtag is amazing. It's they photoshopped him into as the lead character of like every movie. And so, because people, there's a movement, hey, can we get more Asian actors into these roles? So starring John Cho is a hilarious Twitter feed. Um, so that's why I made a Korean American character because I already wanted her female and I already wanted her bisexual and I was looking for inspiration. Uh, he was on TV and I was like, I really like him. So that's where that came from. So unfortunately, you do fall into tropes. Not all tropes are bad. Sometimes they're just fun, um, and it also depends on how you work with them. So as long as you're not fringing anybody, and as long as you're not um, perpetuating bigotry, like certainly quite a few other stories. Um, then, you know, you're probably doing much better today. You couldn't have done this stuff, you know, a few years ago. Are we, do we have any questions? Because we've got like five minutes left. So I'm planning in the future um, an animation series and it has involving a bi guy and a guy guy. Like, a guy guy. It's a long day. And, um, and I'm going to be sending it on YouTube. Uh -huh. And my biggest worry is people like turning off the comments. Yep. And just Honestly. getting angry. Because my one guy married a woman and then she died from a sickness. And then he lost his mind. He's a racer. He loses his mind. And then he travels to another place because he got scared. And then he fell in love with um, another guy in that place. I'd say test it out. With the comments open and see how you do. You test it out with moderated comments and see how you do. And then you might get to the point like any of this and where you have to lock down and not allow comments anymore because she receives death threats on a daily basis for talking about feminism in video games. Mm -hmm. I mean, you shouldn't take your video games that seriously, y'all. Like, you know, go play another game. Just 
Yeah. 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 Ye
their um it all goes to, goes to charity so the final day for bidding is august 20th and that's actually in the store and then raffles and other fun things like seeing the cosplayers and the artists and writers that continues through sunday the 21st but the um the auction itself does end in the store on the 20th so if you are in the flemington area please come to comic fusion for that and everything else um about me you can uh you know follow me on twitter of course at Elizabeth Amber, and you can go to amberunmasked.com for all of the posts. We've got some recent reviews of things like uh, Suicide Squad by Gareth. Gareth does, I think, a really fair reporting when it comes to looking at movies like Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad. You know, even for things that he doesn't like, I think that he doesn't rage out about it, and he seems really reasonable and calm, and, and since he's one of my best friends, then I, I kind of know that... Um, He's not going to have really, really wild, outrageous things that some of the other movie sites have posted about. So, you know, go to amberandmess.com and check that out. And uh, please follow Comic Fusion on Instagram and Twitter as well. Find them on Facebook, and then you can get even more information about Superhero Weekend. This is our 10th year. It's our first time doing it in the summer, so it's um, been kind of hard getting that adjustment to happen with some of the groups and uh, that you know whatever that happens life happens but we're gonna we're gonna do our fundraiser we're raising money for the casa shaw organization which is court appointed special advocates and they help foster families in three of the counties in new jersey so come out to superhero weekend go to amberunmass.com for all kinds of other information and um you know, thanks for listening. Go to patreon.com slash amberunmath to keep me going.